Hello, this is Peter Woolfolk. First, let me say thank you so much for being a listener. Now, I want to alert you to our shiny new podcast website located at podpage.com. However, you can go directly to the podcast site located at www.publicrelationsreviewpodcast.com. There, you can contact me through email. You can leave a voice message. You can leave a review. You can read an episode blog and frequently learn about the podcast guests. You might also want to suggest podcast topic ideas or even suggest a guest. You can also let me know if you would like to receive our podcast listener logo that you can post on your social media. So I look forward to hearing from you about our new podcast website, www.publicrelationsreviewpodcast.com. Thank you so much for listening to the Public Relations Review Podcast and have a great day. Welcome. This is the Public Relations Review Podcast, a program to discuss the many facets of public relations with seasoned professionals, educators, authors, and others. Now, here is your host, Peter Woolfolk. Welcome to the Public Relations Review Podcast and to listeners all across America and around the world. And when I say around the world, I'm actually pretty serious about that. Recently, we received new data that shows we are ranked number 72 in Qatar, 155 in Belgium, and 178 in China. And this is in the marketing categories. So wherever you are, let me say thank you to our listeners in 1,000 cities around the world and the 84 nations. However, most of my listeners, 70 to 80% are located right here in the United States, as well as my guest today, who is firmly planted in America. She is Cindy Miller, principal with Cindy Miller Public Relations. Cindy notes that her work ethic, authenticity, and values are rooted in her Midwest upbringing. Her public relations and communications services are helping local businesses find new audiences and driving results. With a degree in public relations from Marquette University, her career in public relations and communications has taken her from ad agencies to city government to hospitals and higher education. Now with her own firm, Cindy is focused on agriculture and food systems, which are so vital to Idaho's economy. Cindy has built her reputation on authentic leadership, and it's what you can expect in her approach. Cindy Miller joins us today from Boise, Idaho. Cindy, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Well, for openers, why don't you tell us how you decided to focus on a career in public relations? Sure. I, I love telling this story because it, it really wasn't my first choice. I really wanted to go into physical therapy. That was kind of what I imagined in my head growing up, what I wanted to do. But I went to a school um, where the program was extremely competitive and my grades were not what they should have been to to get into that school. So I, I made a pivot and I decided, you know, what else do I like to do? And the public relations program was very appealing because I knew if I learned how to communicate effectively, if I knew how to use tools to engage audiences, I could really work anywhere. 
um, all types of businesses need communicators. And so that was a great shift for me and I enjoyed every minute of it. And I've been fortunate to have a career in public relations. Well, that's great to hear. Uh, we've had some same similarity. I sort of got into public relations more so by accident than than any planning, but I won't, won't go into that at the moment. But but let me just ask you, since you've been in different areas, you know, we mentioned that uh, you were in city government, you're in uh, higher mm-hmm. education. What are some of the common threads that you have noticed as you work in those different industries? Well, I think the core principles are the same across all of those different industries. The subject matter changes, the types of things that you're communicating or addressing are obviously very different, but you know, the approach has always been the same, or very similar anyway. And um, it's a matter of tailoring those basic principles to whatever industry that you're in. So I feel like the nuts and bolts of how to you know, write effectively, use the proper, you know, tools out there to engage with media is kind of the foundation. So I would say, you know, once you have that pretty set, then you can really adapt to whatever industry that you're looking to be in. Okay. So now how did you come to settle on agriculture and food as an area of specialization? Well, Idaho is probably one of the lesser known states (laughs) around. Uh, Not many people live here, for one. There's only about 1.8 million people in the state. So it's a huge agricultural state. So when I moved here about eight years ago with my family, I, I was given the opportunity to work in the dairy industry, which is ironic because I'm originally from Wisconsin. So go figure. And so once I started working to promote the dairy industry as a whole, you know, that that starts to translate into some other areas. So I learned about dairy. Well, then I learned about beef because dairy cows oftentimes have a second career um, in the beef industry. Then I started to learn about the agricultural crops that go into feeding livestock, such as alfalfa and corn and, and those types of things. And then just being within the industry, I started to learn about all the other agricultural commodities that are grown here and also food production. So I feel like I started with one thing and then started to learn about all these other items and just that knowledge and understanding how the food system works and the supply chain is something that's kind of difficult to maneuver at the beginning. And once you understand all the players and kind of how it works, it's a pretty valuable skill set to have. So I've been very fortunate in that regard. So let's let's say starting with the dairy, what sort of public relations activities do you do for the dairy industry as a a whole or maybe some dairies in particular? Sure. So when I work for the dairy industry here, and I still have a client, uh, a couple clients that are in the dairy industry as well, a lot of my work was in storytelling and sharing unique stories with not only media, but presenting content out into the world as we do now in the digital format. So the fact is that a lot of people are very removed from agriculture. A lot of the population has never been on a farm. They have no idea how their food got to their grocery store or into their refrigerator. So connecting those 
folks with agriculture, I think creates understanding and promotes the industry as a whole. So a lot of it was spent, you know, talking with farmers and getting out and understanding those stories. Um, what resonates with people, inviting media out to farms as well. I know we had um, a particular issue that came up where there was some negative press regarding access to farms. And so we had to combat that and really open up farms and, and, and tell the truth about why farming is, is a family business, number one, and it's, it can be dangerous on farms. People can't just walk around when they don't know what they're doing or you can't just show up to somebody's farm and expect to have full access to things because there's heavy machinery. There's a lot of safety mechanisms when it comes to food production. So, you know, we're, we're trying to open up those opportunities to media to invite them in. And that way they have better understanding of, of kind of what's really going on. One of the things that I've noticed that maybe by, as a result of a couple of seeing some TV pieces is how highly technical farming is. And, and I say that simply because farmers, I guess they go to school to learn about what seeds to plant at what time. I understand that there's satellite uh, guidance systems to help them mow their, I, I don't want to call it, but to harvest their crops, that sort mm-hmm. of thing. Have you been involved in that area or that part of it at all? You know, that's interesting that you bring that up because there's often this debate between big farms versus little farms, right? And larger farms, whether they're large farms or or smaller farms, over 98% of farms in the United States are family owned. So just because you might have a larger footprint or raise more livestock or milk more cows, it's really a same family as somebody who milks, you know, 100 cows or has less acreage. So the equipment, yeah, is very sophisticated. Technology has come a long way. And, you know, we accept technology in so many parts of our lives, from the apps that we have on our phone to smart TVs. Uh, You can lock your door or open your garage door from your phone. And so the acceptance of technology and food production is something that I think people need to realize is valuable and it's efficient and it's allowing farmers to do a lot more with a lot less. Have you noticed, uh, and, and again, it depends on what news is presented and how it's presented in terms of, of family farms declining at all. Have you noticed any of that? Mm-hmm. And, and how does government assistance help farmers in maybe times of uh, maybe a snowstorm or, or some other sort of weather conditions have uh, impacted their growth of uh, products? Yeah, I mean, farming is tough. Um, Margins are very thin. And, you know, very few professions require, you know, I'll use a dairy dairy industry as an example, you know, that's a 24-7, 365 proposition. There's no days off. So very few other professions require that amount of diligence. Also, yeah, weather dependent, you know, when it gets super hot, production can go down. When it gets super cold, this production can go down. We are somewhat isolated here in Idaho, but, you know, in other parts of the country, when there's floods or droughts that affect crop yield, that is really difficult. As far as assistance, you know, I I can't speak to that too much, but I do know, for example, during the pandemic, there was assistance for farmers that they could take advantage of because with the closure of 
restaurants and food service, you know, there was nowhere for product to go. Mm-hmm. And so there were some programs that were set up to relieve kind of that bottleneck in, in the supply chain. In terms of your being in, engaged in farming and agriculture, let's look at both ends of the spectrum. What have been some of your biggest challenges now that you've been in that industry? And what have been some of your biggest successes in that industry for you? Well, I think the biggest challenge, which is ongoing, is just the spreading of misinformation or disinformation. That can be true for a lot of different industries. But Facebook, Twitter, people have a platform. And so oftentimes those that have an agenda can send out information into the world that's not exactly accurate. And as we all know, you know, people don't take time to really investigate with what they're reading is true. So uh, misinformation, constant misinformation, I think is, is a constant battle to try to um, figure out how do you correct that information so people are getting the facts and not something that's skewed or that's biased based on someone's agenda. There's a lot of, you know, activists out there that want to have, have a certain image of what the food production system should be like. And that's not always reality. And that's something that is a constant to, to try to uh, get the correct information out there. Mm-hmm. As far as success stories, the, you know, when, when we have someone who's come out, like we have events sometimes at farms or somebody gets to meet a farmer or a, a, a media a member of the media gets to come out and experience something. And at the end of the day, at the end of the shoot or whatever it is, when they say, wow, I never realized, to me that's a success because that means I've done my job to help connect somebody with the truth of what food production is really like. Mm-hmm. Um, because people don't, so a lot of people don't have an idea of what it's like. So when they come out and have an experience or meet a farmer or see for themselves what it's like. And they say, wow, I had no, I had no idea. For me, that's, that's a small little victory uh, where I feel like I've, I've made a difference. Now, when you have those sort of victories, do you then look for ways to multiply or amplify that and further spread the good news that came from that exercise? Absolutely. <laughs> um, you know, any way we can take that, that content and, slice and dice it and, and either use it on social media or use it as a piece to parlay into a different story. You know, ask, ask for the use of quotes. You know, can we use, can we use your example? Can we use your story as we, we might have a, an offshoot of, of a different story? Yeah. I mean, I, I try to take advantage of those opportunities whenever I can and also ask you know, ask, what else can you do? You know, if it's a media outlet, like how, how can you help share this as well? You know, can you post it on Facebook? Can you use this content in a different way through your platforms? So, um, yeah, I feel like when you have a success, you gotta, you gotta write it as long as you can. (laughs) Absolutely. Absolutely. Now, one (laughs) of the things that's growing now, of course, uh, we're we're talking about plant-based foods. Uh, Not long ago, I happened to be looking at what I thought was a commercial for hamburgers. You see somebody on the grill with a burger on there and the cheese and blah, blah, blah. And for all practical purposes, it looks like a real hamburger. And then somewhere along the close of it, they say, yeah, plant-based or made from plants. 
How has that impacted you, what you do with farmers and the agricultural industry? How are you handling that? Well, you know, it's a trend and it's the reality of kind of what consumers are looking for. I feel like people can try things and they have choices. I think agriculture is pretty open to the idea that, you know, all these products are out there and we all have choices that we can make. Because while somebody may not be choosing red meat or chicken or, uh, you know, a, a different type of protein, you know, that's a win for the soy farmers, right? Because they're selling more soybeans to make more whatever patties that are being made um, out of those plant-based materials. With that said, though, I feel like there's a trade-off, right? If you are, if you're looking for plant-based options, you know, really pay attention to what goes into those products. And also, not all proteins are created equal. And so different proteins have different benefits. And so I'm not here to tell you you know, which way to go or what's better than the other. But I feel like there's an educated consumer can make those choices and, and decide for themselves. But it is, it's a challenge for traditional agriculture, for sure, especially livestock, to have these types of products in the market. Okay. Well, in that particular industry, industry obviously being agricultural, are there environmental issues that impact uh, food production, whether it's uh, animals or plants that, that you're aware of? And, and how does that impact what you do? Sure. Well, we talked a little bit about, um, you know, just climate change, you know, the severe swings in, in, our, in our climate these days, whether you're getting flooding storms in the southeast, fires and soaring temps that we're having right now in the Northwest and the West, that all affects the agricultural activity happening in those parts of the world. So number one, environmental pressures just that are cyclical is, is an issue. Also, I would say everybody who's involved in agriculture has environmental sensitivity that they are responsible for, right? The consumers are demanding more transparency with environmental stewardship and that drives everything from the supply chain right the buyers want to make sure that things are being produced in a in a responsible way and there's a lot of regulation right now surrounding water um, use water water use and um, you know pollution issues that um, farmers are really needing to pay attention to to keep water safe so I, I often say food is one of the most regulated items out there that you can purchase. And so between local Department of Agriculture all the way up to the USDA, there's steps every, every step of the way that uh, require farmers and ranchers to have that um, environmental checkbox checked to make sure that they're doing the right thing. Well, you know, you've provided us a lot of information about the uh, the farming industry. Is there anything that perhaps uh, I've overlooked or do you think that the uh, listening audience should know about farming and agriculture that uh, we have not touched on yet? Well, one one piece of advice I could give to your listeners is that if if you want to learn more, if you want to get right to the root of food production, there are so many farmers and ranchers out on social media, whether it's TikTok or Facebook, Twitter, and seek them out because they are sharing their stories firsthand and you can actually engage with them, ask questions, 
Um, they share a lot of themselves and their family and what they do. And I think that gives people a really great firsthand glimpse as to what food production is like. So, you know, one thing I do oftentimes is train farmers to be more active on social media to tell their stories. And so there are plenty of folks out there that are doing a great job. So um, I would just recommend that you, you know, become active and seek them out. And if that's what you're interested in, really see firsthand what they're doing. Cindy, thank you so much. My guest today has been Cindy Miller. She's the principal with Cindy Miller Public Relations in Boise, Idaho. And uh, we've been talking about how this public relations professional has been helping in the agricultural and food industries uh, to be successful in their endeavors. Please, if you've enjoyed the show, we'd like to get a review from you. And if, as always, please share this information with uh, your listeners. And uh, if you've enjoyed the show, we'd like a, a review from you. Again, thank you so much. Please join us again for the next edition of the Public Relations Review Podcast. This podcast is produced by Communication Strategies, an award-winning public relations and public affairs firm headquartered in Nashville, Tennessee. Thank you for joining us. Hi, this is Peter Woolfolk speaking. Now, first of all, thank you so very much for listening to the podcast. Now, I am very excited to let you know that the podcast is now available on Amazon Alexa. You know the drill. Simply say, Alexa, play Public Relations Review Podcast, and she'll take it from there. And again, thank you for listening. And if you enjoy the program, please become a subscriber. Now, on to the podcast.